Howdy, This After Dark listeners. Toy Story Land is opening up at Hollywood Studios on June 30th. Book now for some great summer deals and to see what's new. Take a ride on the Slinky Dog Dash coaster, ride the alien swirling saucers with the kiddos, enjoy a new third track on Toy Story Mania, and grab a bite to eat at Woody's Lunchbox. Remember, if you book with me, I'll take care of your dining reservations, fast passes, and create a personalized itinerary just for you and your family. Mention this ad to get $25 off your deposit. Reduce stress by letting me do the planning for you. I make the plans, you make the memories. Find me at WPMagicJourneys.com and on social media at WPMagicJourneys. After Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are hours and hours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Diz After Dark. I am Nick, and I'm joined by my two favourite Pauls, Sir Paul McCartney and Sir Paul Nicholas. No, of course, they, they are unfortunately unavailable. Um, you know what? I don't think I did too bad. I suddenly... Paul, yeah, you, you got stuck on that second one. You had to, yeah. you had to drag the, the depth for that one, yeah. Paul Nicholas. That's... Yeah, that's quite a deep cut, that. I, I that suddenly, you know... I, we don't script things, so I suddenly realised what I was saying and then realised that I had to think <laughs> of two films that weren't you two very, very quickly, and yeah, body face for, a young, for, my head, for a young guy, neither of those were hip and current, though, I've got to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. So, of course, uh, Mr. Paulie D and Mr. P. Dust Paul Washington, how are you both doing? Doing really good, yeah. Okay. Doing great. It feels like I speak to you nearly every day, Nick, so it's okay. Yeah, you are the new Craig. You <laughs> yeah. are the new Craig. It, it, has, it has kind of worked out like that. Um, yeah, for anyone that's listened to this and, and hasn't listened to any other stuff that we've done um, on, on the other parts of the network, uh, me and P-Dub started a once-a-month podcast called Discover DLP. Um, we've already kind of blown that one out of the water. That didn't last yep. very long, did it? About being one episode a month. Um, <laughs> no. And uh, we just come back from, from Run Disney as well. 
So yeah. uh, we we called it audio when we was out there, and a conclusion when we got back. And I said to when, when we was recording this the other night, I said, "Don't worry, we're only going to record an outro. It won't take too long." Uh, about an hour later, uh, yep. we finished recording. We'd actually been talking about an hour and a half, but yeah. So um, yeah, that's the other thing. But if you want to listen to that, um, discover DLP podcast apps, iTunes Store, Android Play, Google Store, all that kind of malarkey, Stitcher, it's all on there. Um, But this is Diz After Dark, and we are focused on the other elements of Disney, because surprisingly, um, I know we've got some stuff to talk about tonight, but I would argue there's actually been more news around Disneyland Paris in the last three months than there has in the other Disney parks combined. Yeah, probably. There's, there seems to be a lot going on there, um, which I suppose in some ways good timing for us releasing a new podcast, but we will not be talking about that on here. We try and keep this more American Park heavy. Um, but we should really start the show, as we do each and every week, by going around and asking, what is everybody drinking? So, Mr. D, what are you drinking? I'm back on the... Thatcher's he's Cloudy Somerset Cider. Cheers. That is a can and a half. Mm-hmm. Literally as well, because they are tall cans. Yeah, pretty none big, those, yeah. None of those half things that you get. Uh, P does, what are you on? Um, fresh air. <laughs> fresh air? Um, yeah, I'm, after our, our weekend in Paris and basically in fast food for the weekend, uh, I'm now on a full-out diet, and all I've been doing all day is drinking water. And it's got to the point now, while we're recording, that I just can't take any more fluid. <laughs> well, I, I don't know what else to say. Um, <laughs> Craig's not here, so there isn't anything else to say. That that is that is actually a good point. Um, I know what you mean. The only problem uh, about it was twofold with the weekend Disneyland Paris because. One, we were kind of eating on the go, so we're kind of just eating what we could find. Um, But also, because we were running, you do tend to just eat for the sake of, not eat for the sake of eating, but you're probably not watching what you're eating as much as you would do normally. Yeah. For example... And even when when we tried to eat properly, we couldn't. That is very true. That is very true. Um, But, you know, just as an example... Um, my lunch on the Saturday, because we had no breakfast, so my lunch on the Saturday was a Captain America donut, chocolate and hazelnut filled donut, and yeah. a mine was a Groot shortbread. Yeah, but I had a Kinder Breno ice cream as well. Don't you remember? Because yeah. it was freezing cold. Yeah. And I was like, this is a lovely choice. It's also a poor choice because it was yeah. it suddenly got really cold. Um, and to be fair, you had McFlurries the night before as well. Oh God, yeah, that that lovely so peanut, that peanut M M&M and M McFlurry when they'd run out of peanut M and Ms. Yeah. So let's get let me get this straight. Then you went to Disneyland Paris to run in a race and then ate all that crap. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Got it. Okay. <laughs> you got to treat yourself afterwards. You've you've done something. Yeah. You That's know. a balanced lifestyle you've got there. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We could have done that without the run. You know. It sounds like there's enough sugar in that for you to do about four marathons back oh to back. Oh my god! Yeah, the donut was huge as well. 
It was like a proper <laughs> big donut. Not not like your five for a pound from the supermarket jobby. It was a it was a big and to our Scottish listeners, when I say when I said like five for a pound supermarket jobby, that's not what I meant. No. That means something that's a different, very different to it our means Scottish something listeners. Different, yeah. yeah. It definitely does. Um but yes, yeah, so that's that's enough about Disneyland Paris. We are gonna talk about what's been going on elsewhere. Um and there's been a few bits and pieces, so I'm gonna lean on the oracle that is paid ups to kick us off. Right. Let's start start with the big news. I think that we haven't spoken about because we've been away for a while. Is um, Disney Fox being outbid for for Sky um, yeah. by uh, Comcast and the implications? Well, that that's the thing because I'm a little bit confused about what the implications are. I mean. It was probably about a year ago now. Like it's, it's going to be coming up to a year from when this first started happening about Disney potentially taking over Fox. So I'm sure we were talking about it just before Christmas. Yeah. So it's been a long time that this whole situation has been going on. And obviously the Disney Fox thing happened um, back earlier in the summer. And that was kind of finalised, but this was like the albatross that was hanging over, because this was like another arm of that that same deal in a way. Yeah. But so for again for our American listeners, Sky TV in the UK is um, the equivalent of like um, well Comcast, <laughs> yeah. I suppose, yeah. or Dish TV, or. Um, what was time? Is it Time Warner? Yeah. Is that what they call it? Um, so it's we don't have much in the way of cable television in the UK. We have one provider of cable TV, um, but in the UK, satellite TV is more popular. It's you know pretty much the same thing. You get hundreds of channels, um, but it's done by satellite um, rather than cable. Um, cable seems to be a lot more popular in America. And Sky are the biggest. They're the only ones left in the game, really. Um, mm-hmm. And they've always had, uh, for as long as I can remember, uh, a relationship with Disney. So Disney yeah. Channel used to be exclusive to Sky in the UK. Um, the Sky movie channels in the UK would always be the first to be able to screen uh, Disney movies, normally about... Um, you know, 10 months after they've been in the cinema. Um, and so they've always had a, a good working relationship. And so it's interesting now to see what's going to happen with Comcast successfully outbidding um, Fox to take the assets of Sky. Yeah. Well, the first thing is that Disney have agreed to sell all their shares. Yeah. Um, they are going to to go to Comcast, so Comcast will own the whole thing. It's it's the other side of it, and the fact that Comcast owns shares in Hulu, um, uh. there's a chance that it could well end up just being a swap and Disney getting Comcast shares in, in Hulu. Um, so there's that. Also, it's, it's affected people that work for Disney. Ben Sherwood, that was head of ABC Studios, has, has been fired. Is being released. 
because um, he's no longer needed. Um, someone from Fox is coming in to replace him. Um, it was believed that he would have taken on leading Sky if Disney had won that bid. Um, so there's a lot of upheaval just just surrounding something that they didn't win. Um, so it's going it's, it's interesting what what's coming now. I think I think we'll start seeing the the changes will will start appearing now. Um, well, because the other thing as well is that obviously Disney are are pushing ahead with their own streaming service in America. Yeah. In America. Um, yes. We've had a product in the UK and parts of Europe called Disney Life for about two and a half, three years now, I think. Yeah, must be. Uh, mm. Which is pretty much like Disney Netflix. It has lots of their back catalogue, uh, lots of their programming as well as films. There are some omissions on there, things like Dick Tracy. I don't think he's on there. Last time I looked, wasn't on there. Um, they have things like Gargoyles, but they only have certain seats. They've got the first season of Gargoyles and not the other two seasons that they made of that show. Uh, there's cartoons that you think should be on there. House of Mouse is one that I remember being on TV that's not on there. Um, but yeah. there, there is a lot, awful lot of content on there. They have uh, Tron Uprising. They have um, Gravity Falls, all of that. Star Wars Rebels, all of that's on there. Uh, they generally get the programming after it's aired on the Disney channels in the UK about six months or so later. So there's obviously like a window in which they have to show them on their digital t- channels first. I'm assuming as part of that relationship they have with Sky and the other uh, providers that now carry those channels. Um, so they can't show it straight away. And also with films, they're about a year behind. So again, Sky will have the rights first. I think they've just added Finding Dory. I think. Yeah, I've or not looked at it recently. I think Finding Dory is coming on there soon because they, they normally tell you when films are going to be appearing. Um, but Zootropolis or Zootopia only came onto Disney Life about three months ago. Yeah. So that was obviously when Sky lost the first broadcast rights to it. Um, so we've had that for a while, but obviously Disney are working on their new version of that, which I'm, I'm ex- even if this, you know, what you think might happen with Hulu happens, I think Hulu will be kept as its own thing. I don't think they'll try and take the Disney stuff onto it. No, I don't think so either. So, to be fair, Hulu already shows some of some Disney-owned properties. Um, it shows Runaways from Marvel. Mm. Um, so there's, there's a few things on there already. So it wouldn't be a surprise if they keep that side of things. Maybe the Hulu side of things are a little bit more adult-orientated. I don't know. Um, I similar think to what they've done with Netflix. Isn't isn't Hulu what um, shows the, or, or creates the, the Handmaid's Tale? Yes. So yeah, I think their their pro their original programming at least skews to a, an older demographic. Yeah. See, so. yeah, I wonder, I wonder whether that that's their idea is that they'll keep all that stuff separate. Mm. Well, it also gives them some background in people that have have been using that kind of technology for a while, as well. I suppose it gives them a bit of an insight. 
Yeah, because Hulu's been around probably since Netflix yeah. first started uh, as a as a streaming service. I mean, Netflix yeah. had originally started as, as just a DVD rental um, yep. company, didn't it? Um, but yeah, Hulu's been around for quite a while now. We don't have Hulu in the UK. No. You can get access to it if you know how to do it, but legally yeah. that we, we don't have access to Hulu in the UK. Um, yeah. So it's a big name in America, not so big here. I do think they're kind of going to try and keep those streaming services different. I don't think, as much as I'd like to think that we'd get the same content on Disney Life as, as they're going to start offering on this new service in America, I don't think we will. No. I don't think that's going to change, unfortunately. No, and it's it's interesting we talk about this today as well. Um, DC have confirmed that their app won't be going international um, today, and have sold the rights to their their big opening show, Titans, the the Robin led superhero TV show, will actually be going to Netflix. So DC have wow. already decided they're not going to it, going international with it. That's that's quite a shock. Um, yeah. I think because, and I, I don't know too much about, about that particular service, only what I've heard, but from what I understood, it had the DC back catalogue films, TV shows, cartoon series, yeah. um, but also comic books as well. Yes. Which, you know, I thought was quite a big sell. Um, you know, if you liked, you know, not everybody likes the programs likes to read comic books as well, but that would I thought that would be a perfect way of, of merging the two together. Yeah. Um so that's disappointing that they're not doing that actually. Yeah. I think. And a real a real surprise as well, because everything pointed towards it going international at some point. Mm. So yeah, it's interesting times with these, these streaming services and what goes into what at the moment i i just don't see i don't see a long term future for tv as we have it today no because well craig was saying the other day craig is with virgin who is the cable provider in the uk and his bills going up and it's obscene like absolutely obscene um i think he has like the full package um, but it's a ridiculous sum of money. And you can now get things like, you know, Now TV is the Sky streaming service. So you get all the major Sky channels that you can stream and, and watch programs on catch up. And it's not very expensive. It's much cheaper. It's, it's about half the price of the cheapest package they have. And the only difference is, is that you can't recall stuff. You can only stream it. And I think the people, the people that I speak to that are kind of tied to their skyboxes uh, and that way of, pro, of, of still consuming programming are those people that are too afraid what would happen if they suddenly weren't able to record their favourite programmes. And even though you can tell them that you can actually watch them anytime you want, there's that fear of change. Yeah. And I think that's what they bank on. But yeah. unfortunately, people you know, get old and pass away and younger people start to get older instead. And I think in the next 20, 30 years, that cultural shift of what the norm is, 
is going to be so different to what it is right now. And I just don't think they're going to, you know, they're, they're, there's already been dips in things like sports programming yep. over in the UK. You know, people used to spend loads of money watching football matches in the UK via Sky Sports. Now uh, there's more competition. That's where Disney is struggling mm. in the States. Yeah. Their yeah. massive losses are coming from their sports channels. That's right. That's right. ESPN are, yeah. are losing money hand over fist, aren't they? Um, and the thing is, sport keeps getting more expensive. Like, there's more money thrown into sport, and yet the returns that the, the, the networks or, you know, premium sports channels are actually seeing is dwindling. I, think, I just think the whole thing is going to collapse one day. Because yeah. where's the money going to come from? TV, you know, Disney and can't keep chucking away hundreds of millions of, millions of dollars for rights to watch, for people to watch sports when people aren't paying that anymore. Yeah, and that's that's another big thing. Though. There's a separate app, isn't there, that they're doing for ESPN as well. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think it's just stop people time. having to pay the whole package if they want to watch sports, and they just have this app. Yeah. Well, I'm a good example of that. I, you know, I don't have Sky TV or any kind of service like that but I'm a big golf fan and I wanted to watch the Ryder Cup this weekend so I just took out a you can use Now TV and take out a Sky Sports package for either a day a week or a month and mm. I, I went for the month because I got a half price offer but um, you know that, that, that will allow me to dip in probably three, four, five times a year for big tournaments yeah. without having that monthly subscription so yeah, they'll be getting some money from me, but it, but it won't be the same as if I was paying 30 odd quid a month for, for Sky Sports. Well, I used to be, back in the day, I used to be, like, it used to be the same for me for wrestling. Yeah. You know, I would have a Sky Sports uh, subscription to watch wrestling. I, I wasn't really, unless it was like West Ham playing on the telly, I wouldn't watch football. Um, and there was never any West Ham games on the telly anyway. So I yeah. used to pay it just to watch wrestling. And then... You know, then they started to charge you for the main events. So you pay, yeah. I don't know, twenty quid a month for for the sports channels, and then if you wanted to watch the pay per view, which used to be free, they would then charge you another fifteen or twenty quid. And I just thought this is crazy. Yeah. And now you can get the network, and you can't watch the latest TV shows on there, or not all of them, but yeah. you get all of the main events for free for ten quid a month. Yeah. And you get their back catalogue and, and you know and all this stuff. So why would you bother doing it? And especially now when it's so you know because of things like YouTube and because of other streaming services, if you really want to see something, you'll see it anyway. Yeah, so, it has changed. It has changed the sort of nature of everything really. So just as an example, right? I got up Friday morning, watched the golf. The Ryder Cup from first thing in the morning on my on my now TV app on my big TV, and then um, listen to it on my phone as I walk downtown, where I then watched it on my iPad in a coffee shop. So phone, iPad, and TV, all you know, transfer almost transferable really. I missed about four minutes of the golf. And oh, by the way, for our American listeners, sorry that I keep mentioning the Ryder Cup. I know it must still be a painful subject for you, but so yeah it is changing the way we watch stuff yeah 
And I mean, even the same with um, with cinema goers. You know, I speak to less and less people. Sorry, I think more and more people that are spending less and less time going to the cinema because mm-hmm. it's so expensive. I remember when I took um, just before I bought my cinema pass, um, I, I paid for Saul to go and see Beauty and the Beast when that came out last year, and I was able to buy cheap tickets through work. But even with the cheap tickets, it still cost me um, the best part, I think, of about 20, maybe just over 20 quid for two adults and two children to go and see it on a a Friday afternoon. So it wasn't even like peak times. Um, And and that's just because I could get some, you know, slightly reduced tickets. They weren't, you know, maybe like three or four quid less than they should have been, whatever they were. Um, But it's, it's an expensive day out and that's before you include food snacks drink as well um so i can understand why people are kind of turning away because in the day like when coco came out i wanted to go and see it and i said to my wife do you want my wife do you want to go and see it and she said well i'm not that fussed but i knew my daughter would probably enjoy it so I, I took her to go and see it, and it, like for the for the price of the three of us going to see it, even with my pass, would have been the cost of buying the Blu-ray when it came out, like three months later. Oh yeah, easily. So, so I know a lot of people now will go, oh yeah, I really want to go and see that film, but do I want to pay for it once and see it on a big screen, or shall I wait a few months and own it forever? for the same price. And look, I love the cinema. I've always loved the cinema. And I do believe the best way of experiencing a film, more often than not, is at the cinema. And there are certain films that I would always choose to go and watch on a big screen. But there's lots of films which I don't think benefit that much. Mm. And I think animated films, unfortunately, is one of those mediums where it's good to see it at the cinema, but it it doesn't make a huge amount of difference, I don't think. Yeah, well, the thing is, I mean, the the pricing in the cinema, at least in, in the major chains, is really geared around the loyalty cards, I think. But if you've got young kids, you probably don't go to the cinema that often that justifies you investing in the loyalty card. So therefore, if you haven't got a loyalty card, you've got to pay those rack rate prices and it's horrendously expensive for a family of four. Yeah, yeah. That, so, that's so, it. so yeah. You got, you, I guess, you got different things going on in the world of kind of TV, mobile watching, but then you've you've even got a different dynamic going on in in a lot of the cinema chains as well. Yeah, I think we're we're probably about ten years away from seeing movies available to view at home the same day they're released. And I know that that happens now. You know, you can do that now. Like, just the other week, um, Big Dave Batista, who plays Drax and Guardians, um, his new film came out to see it at the cinema the same day you could watch it on Sky Movies. That was because they part-financed it, or, they, or they'd paid for the mm. rights in advance, or, you know, whatever. So it was only having mm. a limited release. But the fact is, is that... You do see that now where 
either you get a situation like where a Netflix or uh, Sky TV will part pay for a film to be able to show it at the same time, or um, it will be available to buy from iTunes at the same time. But it's it tends to to be more low budget independent films. But you know, in ten years' time, I could see uh, you know Disney's live action remake of the Aristocats being available mm-hmm. like that. You know, um, I think that's where it's going. And also, as well, like you know, Disney have already announced with the American streaming service that they're making all this original content for it. So they're making a live action Lady in the Tramp. Now, what happens to that outside of, the, of America? I've got no idea. Because if that service is only launching in America, are we going to get it at the cinema here? Is it going to be on Sky Movies? Is it going to be shown on the Disney Channel a few months afterwards? I don't think they're going to just put it on Disney Life. I think, they, I think there's a reason why they're doing this. Um, so I, I can see that that's what they, they're probably going to do and it'd be interesting mm. to see what happens next yeah oh yeah definitely mm. anyway that's that's awfully deep to start show it was yeah pretty yeah. serious yeah. P-dubs, yeah I thought I'd, I thought I'd get the serious <laughs> bit out of the way first good mm-hmm. good it, let's have some jolliness so uh <laughs> Pixar Place, um, currently closed after Toy Story Land opened, um, is going to be rethemed to The Incredibles. Um, transformed into a Metroville city block, um, where you'll have a, one of the, the famous Disney dance parties um, with uh, Mr. Incredible, Mrs. Incredible and Frozone. Are, uh, you'll they, get to, are they really that famous? Well, I don't know. But you'll get to meet the one and only Edna Mode. <gasps> no capes. Um, and also, um, guests have to look out for clues as to the mysterious and naughtiness of Jack Jack around the area. Mm. Now, see, this was one of my favourite areas in Hollywood Studios. Because it, it was based on. Pixar's obviously massive office um, in Emeryville, and and I always really liked walking along there because there was just some nice little nice little nods to different things along the way, like the the soldiers were on the roof, and and just little little details that I really liked. So I hope they don't change it too much. Yeah, because they had as well uh, the monkeys, didn't they, in the barrel? Yeah. Yeah. Always like that. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, with that, that area, I think all of that is going to end up becoming Pixar along that that side of the park. And we've obviously, we've heard rumours before of a Monsters, Inc. coaster going in where the animation building is um, and Disney Junior in that area, whether that goes ahead. There's also, they are adding a meet and greet with Mike and Solly in the studios as well, and going in at the end of what was was one uh, one man's dream, which is now Walt Disney mm. presents. Um, so that whole area is definitely becoming more Pixar themed. 
So this is all stuff that's being recycled, yeah? I mean, yeah. they used to have a Mike and Sully meet and greet in the studios. I was going to say, I that, remember, I'm sure I remembered one of those. And I thought, yeah. no, don't say that out loud because then you'll sound like an idiot. But I thought I'd no, I think every park has had one. Mm. Yeah, I don't mind sound like an idiot. But there was definitely a... <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. There's definitely a, a making Sully meet and greet. Yeah, then also that sitting in the dance, studio in the, the animation yeah. building, I believe. That's right. And that dance party. I mean, that that's what you would see in the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. That was normally Frozone and Mr. and Mrs. Incredible uh, on that little stage by uh, near the Carousel of Progress. Was it used, by where the Galaxy Theatre used to be? So, so yeah, I guess it's more themed to to the new Pixar place. I suppose that makes sense. Was that the uh, was that the dance party that you used to shoot balls at people? Um, that might be the adult version of it. But <laughs> it wasn't wasn't the one I went to. I'm sure wasn't it wasn't there a parade where they they fired like bouncy balls at people? Um, am I am I have I been smoking? Was it Move It Shake It? That was that sounds more like it, yeah. Yeah, which also saying that at the same time they announced there's a new version of that coming as well. Yeah. Oh, wonderful! Um, called Move It, Shake It, Mouseketeer It. No, no, no! Okay. Even, it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? What was it? What's the original one called? Um... Move It, Shake It. Who yeah, do you think just... you are? Oh. By the Spice Girls. <laughs> yeah. To move it, shake it, lose it, fake it. Who do you think you are, Bray? <laughs> I think I think that's the lyrics. I I can't recall the last time I listened to that song, but I'm oh, sure. Come on, it was yesterday. Yeah, that's why I know it so well. Um, I yeah, I mean, I think I think it's good. I think that area, whilst as you say, it had some good touches to it. I think it always felt a little bit empty at the same time because yeah. there was nothing going on around there. Um, no. You know, you. I, I remember seeing the soldiers there. I'm sure yeah. I had a picture taken with a soldier there. Um, I don't mean a military veteran. I mean one of the Green Army men from the Toy Story films. But it didn't seem like there was a lot there. It seemed like it was just put there because Toy Story Mania was there and it kind of made sense yeah. so I think adding stuff to it is good um, I'm not sure about The Incredibles I think maybe I mean it's surprisingly it's become the biggest Disney film domestically hasn't it, it's overtaken yeah. uh, Toy Story 3 as being the biggest like domestic release um, but I don't really know anyone that enjoyed it that much. Like, everyone I've spoken to about it seemed pretty tepid on it. And even like, and for me, the barometer is, is kids. And my daughter's really looking forward to it. And she's hardly spoken about it since she watched it. She said no words to go and watch the first Incredibles film. And nor has she said, oh, Daddy, can we watch Incredibles 2 again? Now, I mean, we can't watch it at the moment because it's not actually available um, 
to, to watch at home. But, um, the, you know, that's normally what she would say. I mean, like, we Coco, when can going to see it again? She's not said that about The Incredibles. So I don't know if it's going to have that lasting appeal for them to kind no. of make it all of that. And the other thing that scares me, I mean, I love Edna Mode, and the one thing The Incredibles 2 should have had more of was her. Um, if there's one thing we learned from The Incredibles, it's, it's that you need more Edna Mode. And I don't feel I was satisfied with the level of Edna Mode in The Incredibles 2. And so it's good that they're doing that, but I have seen the scary meet and greet character and I'm fearful <laughs> that's what we're going to get. There's been worse though, hasn't there? We all know there's well, been worse. there's been Jessica Rabbit, but... Yeah, exactly, who's been retired <laughs> truly and utterly. Good, good. <laughs> Probably because her face melted. Um, I, would, I would be very happy if we got a unmasked version of Edna Mode with somebody actually portraying a character. But I'm guaranteed we will see that scary face mask for a while to come. Yeah. So, yeah. saying that, Mr. Ripley is, has been over at Disneyland and he says the Incredicoaster is possibly the greatest Disney ride ever. It was the best ride before they turned it into the Incredicoaster. Yeah, because they only rethemed it, didn't they? They yeah. didn't actually change the ride in any way. No. No, they just... Yeah, it was a good roller coaster. Why, why is it so good then? Because I've seen, I've seen the ride and I've seen onboard footage. I've obviously not been over to Anaheim myself, but what is it that made California Screaming such a good ride? Well, it's because they put Incredi in front of it. <laughs> so, so it's, it's the same as the new, the new parade. They just put Mouska in front of it and it's, it's much better. No, but I mean, what was, what, all right, so California Screaming, what, what was so good about that ride? That didn't make it just like a normal roller coaster. I think it's just the entire the the theming of it, with it being kind of where it's set, with the the water below you, and kind of like the Hulk in that that sense, um, and kind of just the imagery as well. I think with the, with you going around the the mouse head, mm. and and it's just nice to for Disney to have a, a proper outdoor coaster. Yeah, it is a proper coaster, a, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's quite it's a long... A, yeah. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good coaster. Well-themed. So that's, Great views. Yeah, see, I think I think you kind of answered it for me, because I'll be honest, like, you know, I, I'd had this fear for all these years about going on The Incredible Hulk, and when I finally went on it, I was disappointed with with how it actually was. The ride itself is, is good, and you, you know, get some good sensations, but you don't really get uh, the the views that I was expecting you to get. It just seemed a bit plain, if I'm honest. It could have literally been anywhere. Um, yeah, and, and that's the that's the thing about the Incredicoaster, is you get those great views of what's now Pixar Pier. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I, but, I mean, I've seen a video of the makeover, and I, I mean, I'll say that I think they've done a, a very good job at re-theming it without actually changing the ride. So, you know, it, it's interesting that it's... Because it's, I know a lot of people were upset, and P-Dubs, you were definitely one of them, when yeah. you knew that they were going to change it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it, it looks good. I mean, I, I do want to go on it. I was just curious as to... Because it, it did just look like 
a roller coaster with some with, with some feeling. But maybe that's it. Maybe it's because it's how the ride makes you feel. Plus yeah. those things you mentioned makes it better than a traditional roller coaster that turns you upside down. Yeah. So move it, shake it, dance it, and play it. That was uh, the original. There you go. See, that's why you need, you need bouncy balls to play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has there been any time scales for this? Or yeah, um, it's going to close on the first of December. The current version, um, and then the new version, I think, is going to open on the eighteenth of January. That's that's a quick turnaround. Yeah, but it means it got a gap, I guess, got a gap of about six weeks through the Christmas period. But I guess they would they have. Uh, I guess they've got other entertainment on through Christmas that yeah. we'd maybe cover for it. Just close the part down. What's, what's there to do there? Really, at this moment? Three attractions? <laughs> four attractions? Just close it down. Wait, wait till you've got some more stuff in there. He's, that's like a trailer for that new Grinch movie. <laughs> just cancel Christmas. <laughs> I love Hollywood Studios. I just don't like what... What's happening with it? Um, but speaking of, of Hollywood Studios, um, it looks like there's a reason for people to buy Solo on Blu-ray. Um, I, mean, I mean, you should do, because, you know, I think all of us actually on this episode uh, think this is a good epi- uh, a good film. Mm-hmm. Um, I've not seen it yet. Oh, you've not seen no. it yet? No. Mrs. no. Me, Mrs. Me and Mr. D, both, both yep. crazy, and Craig. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, much better than you think it's going to be. Um, but on the on the, I think it's the Target edition of the Blu-ray. So quite often we don't get it quite as much in the UK now. But you certainly did for a while. You'd get films come out, and if you bought them at certain retailers, you'd get an extra disc or you'd get some additional features. Um, in America, it's still very prominent, and um, the Target edition of Solo has um, some behind-the-scenes of Galaxy's Edge mm-hmm. and what they're planning to do. Um, so a 13-minute video as well, actually. Um, it sounds incredibly complicated, mm. if you ask me. I don't know if anyone else has seen this story, um, but there's going to be over 200 different buttons yeah. Oh, Each with a function. Yeah. Well, 200, 200 buttons, knobs, and switches. Okay. Um, After you've been in the cantina, that's going to be great. Exactly. Mm. Press the red button, but it's free. Um, <laughs> no, it's just one. Um, and also, it looks like it's going to have uh, seven pods with six seats in each. So you'll be kind of piloting the Millennium Falcon but you won't be doing it solo <laughs> uh, oh. this is why I need to retire um, but I mean it, it, you know you can see some of the um, designer artwork for it it does look like it's going to be very special um, the only thing is it makes the, the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon look huge because of you, so many of you being in there at once. Um, but 
I think it's going to be pretty spectacular. Um, yeah. Oh, it's going to have to be. It's anchoring so the whole a, land. So a seven-seater Millennium Falcon, that's like the uh, that's like the people carrier version of the Millennium <laughs> Falcon, then, isn't it? It's like an, um, what do they call it in the US? A minivan, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. The minivan much. version. Yeah. 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 So it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. Um, I suppose I, the only sort of comments that I've seen that concern me a little bit. I mean, it sounds great, um, but but the fears around how uh, the capacity of the ride, and given how hugely outrageously popular it's going to be, makes you worry a little bit about uh, queue length and and how difficult it's going to be to get on it for the well, first twenty five years. <laughs> well, it says that it's going to allegedly have seven pods, six seats, so it's going to be 42 people per per time, mm. with a, a run time of about three to three and a half minutes. Yeah. So I suppose not too dissimilar to Star Tours, really, in yeah. some ways. Um, it's, you know what? It's, it's, it's interesting, because you speak to anybody, and... You know, they even know there's a Star Wars land, or if you tell them there's a Star Wars land, will get incredibly excited about it. But we've had Star Tours in Disney parks since like the late eighties, and I remember like the big hoo ha when Star Tours Two was coming out, and you know, initially when that ride first opened, it was like jam packed. But how often now do you see like five minute wait times? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it only really gets busy, you know, really busy peak times, doesn't it? Yeah, and so, which is a surprise because it is it is a good ride and it's Star Wars themed, so yeah, I think people would go nuts for it. But and that's the thing, I think we all think that when this land opens, it's going to be a nightmare. I mean, I certainly do. I, you know, I was thinking about when to go after it's opened because I thought I'm not going to go in the first few months. I learned, you know. From, from other things opening up, that you wait a few months for the initial rush to happen. Um, you know, I went to um, the Wizarding World about three or four months after it opened. And it was busy, but it was obviously nowhere near as busy as it had been when it first opened. Um, yeah. And I just wonder if if we're anticipating this land to actually be busier than it's going to be. I think it's going to be a huge initial rush for it. But yeah. if there's only like one major attraction, then there's still only one attraction there, isn't there? They're not having the second two. attraction there. Are two, they having yeah. two? Yeah. yeah. I thought one I thought one got scrapped. Okay. No, there was it was originally meant to be three. That's and right. they scrapped the they scrapped the third one. The second one's the one that throws you into the middle uh, the middle of the battle with the first order. Right. Yeah. But I, I think I think it really depends. I think you're right. I think it really depends on how good the raid actually is as a raid and an experience because it's going to be crazy busy initially and for quite some time. There's no doubt about that. Mm. But if you look at raids like Soren or Test Track, because they're fun raids and raids that you can repeat, you know, the queues are still really high for Soaring and test track, you know, years and years. I mean, I know the, I know the film was upgraded, but there were still long queues for Soaring even before they upgraded the film. Mm. 
they didn't upgrade the, they didn't upgrade the film because because they weren't because the ride wasn't popular. Um, so if the ride's good, the queues will be there forever and ever. Um, it just depends on how good it is as a standalone ride. Because otherwise, you're right. After the first year, it'll be a twenty minute wait, twenty five minute wait. If it isn't a great ride, then it's on. Then it's on right. I mean, Pandora is still incredibly busy, isn't it? Like, well, not the Navi Boat Adventure or AT's no. Return or whatever it's called. Um, but Flight of Passage is still incredibly popular. Yeah, you know, almost well, what eighteen months on. Um, exactly. So you're, I think you're right in that, you know, a ride can remain popular. And Test Track's a great example. And Soaring. Um, both of those attractions have been around, you know, almost 20 years. And. Yeah, rock, rock and roller coasters and all, well, the mountains and the Magic Kingdom rock and roller coaster, you know. If it's a great experience, it, you keep going back to it, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. I think, I do, I do wonder sometimes with the IPs. Cause I mean, the thing is, Soaring, rock and roller coaster, the mountains, like you said, test track, they're all original rides. Mm. They've got a theme, but they're not IP based. And I do feel that no matter, matter how popular Star Wars is, you know, if it was to be like Star Wars, you will get people that will always go on it, but you'll also get a lot of people that probably won't if they're not interested in it. And I think that's the difference when you've got, you know, Big Thunder Mountain has its own storyline. It's not tied to anything. Anybody can go on that ride because it's not tied to something you're already conscious of. Yeah. So, I don't know. We're probably completely wrong and Star Wars Land is going to be, you know, ridiculously busy for the next five years. You know, I think the yeah. anticipation is so high that yeah. it could well be. But, you know, I'm basing it purely on the fact that Star Wars just doesn't hold a big crowd for a long time. You know, mm-hmm. three or four months after that ride reopened and it was back down to, you know, the numbers it was before the, the makeover. And that was when that ride was 20 years old. At least now with this new, new version of Star Wars, they can kind of chop and change scenes and add new experiences to it, which they couldn't, they didn't have the luxury of doing with Star Tours. So even yeah, though yeah. you've got this, you know, every ride can be different. We'll put new lands in or, or new planets in as new films come out. It's not keeping the crowds there. No. And the other plus point you've got as well is that they are opening one on both coasts. Is mm-hmm. that going to take some of the sting out of it as well? Is Disneyland going to get the, the big problems yeah. Rather than Walt Disney World. I I think it's smart. Because, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you, you know, there's lots of people you speak to that have only ever been to one park that yeah. live in America. Because travelling over to, to Disney World or travelling over to California is, is too much uh, for people to, to want to do. But you will get people that do it if there's something they want to go and see. You know, Cars Land was an example of that, where people would go out of their way to go to Disneyland because it was an experience they couldn't get anywhere else. Um, yeah. Haunted Mansion Holiday, probably to a lesser extent. I know which one I'd be travelling halfway across the world to go and experience, um, even though Cars Land does look good. Um, 
But I think because they're opening these attractions, you know, within a few months of each other, I do think it will probably help. Because, I mean, can you imagine if they only opened Star Wars Land in one park, you would have a massive influx. I think the fact that you're keeping them, you know, you're keeping the locals local to their own parks because it's going to be an identical experience will probably help that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, so, sure. Yeah, I don't care. I just wanted to like pull their finger out and start getting the Paris one built. Yeah, <laughs> which will hopefully, long. which will hopefully have a third attraction as well. Possibly. So, we've got the land for it. That's 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 yeah. all we can say. Um, there was something else Star Wars based that I was going. Oh. I suppose not really theme park news, but definitely along the Star Wars theme as well, is that uh, they've re- re-signed Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. Uh, Another three years. Yeah. I can't remember if it's two or three. Um, which I'm not. I'm, I'm pleased about. I, I think she's done a good job. Yeah. Um, I think she's proved herself over time as well. Um, and I think it's good to have her on for this last kind of phase of this original trilogy and yeah. passing it over to these, you know, where it's going to go to next. Yeah, I also think she wants to see out Indiana Jones as well. Yes. With the last one. At least somebody does. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be surprised if Harrison Ford does, to be honest. Before yeah. they reboot it for the uh, the streaming service. <laughs> well, I don't think Chris Pratt's getting that job anytime soon, so that's one less thing you can worry about. Um, but yeah, and I thought I thought that was quite noteworthy because there's been a lot of speculation recently about it. Um, Bob Iger obviously came out recently and said that he feels he's to blame um, for for what's happened with the last couple of Star Wars films. Um, I don't know if that was firefighting in lieu of this announcement of Kathleen Kennedy. Mm. Um, it could have been. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but I think I think they're going to refocus the strategy in, in how they release it. Yeah. Uh, I think for some, it might well be overkill. Yeah. So well, Also on that note, John Favreau started filming his TV series. Really? Yeah. When's that due to even start? It's going to be on the streaming service, so probably next year. I was going to say, it's got to be at least a year away. Yeah. Wow. They said he's basically got a budget that he'd get for a, TV, uh, for a film. For this series. Yeah, but to be honest, that's not that's not unusual, really. I mean, I mean, I don't know how much Game, Game of Thrones costs, but I'm sure I read somewhere that it's almost like a million pound an episode. Yeah, yeah episodes, what surprised me? I mean, they don't, they don't pay, apparently don't pay their actors well, <laughs> but for everything else they need to do and all the effects and CGI and, um, you know, sets they have to build, you know, it's a, it's a big budget show. Um, you know, Netflix will throw lots of money at projects. I mean, how much does that Scorsese film? Over a hundred million dollars? The one I did at the moment with, um, you know, De Niro and Pacino and Pesci. You know, like, you have to throw money at these things because 
yes, it, it's being made for a streaming service, but you can't put stuff on there that looks cheap. No. Otherwise, you're not going to pay for it. So, I'm surprised they're filming already, though. Like, that's a, that's a long way out. I, you know, I kind of almost worry about how much post production work they've got to do. Yeah. If that's the case. Also, the fact that he's in the next Spider Man film as well probably has something to do with it, as well as editing The Lion King. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, actually. Like my fear about starting this early in the 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 effect, you know, possibly have to do like a lot of effects and stuff means there's probably going to be a lot of green screen and that's never good. But then, the Jungle Book was yeah. nearly entirely green screen and that turned out yeah. all right. So, I think you, if you've got the right director, sorry George Lucas, um, focus on green screen. It might it might turn out all right. But uh, yeah, well, I'm I'm interested anyway. No matter what, I'd be more yeah. interested when they announce the um, Obi Wan Kenobi prequel movie to come on the streaming service yeah. as well. To be honest, and bring you yeah. McGregor back, but uh, yeah, um, right. What else do you have, Paul? Um, contrary to previous rumours, Rafiki's Planet Watch isn't closing permanently. Oh, hang on. Yeah. Um, it is closing. It's closing on the 21st of October, but it's actually just going under a uh, reworking of the guest experience for a few mm. months, and we'll be opening again next spring. Mm. So what that entails, we don't know at the moment, but it sounds like for six months, for for what it is, that sounds like it could be some massive changes over there. Yeah, six months is... It's quite a long refurb. Yeah. For basically think. what's meet and greet and uh, look at some animals being operated on. I thought, you know what? I'm not sure if I've ever done it. Well, Why a lot of people to... haven't. That's the problem. Sorry, Peter Abbs, did you say you'd done it? No, I haven't. No, I haven't been over either. Yeah, no. we've done it. but And it's it's okay, but it's... You know, it's... um. It's quite tame. I mean, it's a nice little train ride, a little sort of steam train that takes you there, and then there's like a little petting zoo, and there's, you know, encounters with animals, and as you said, when you mentioned a minute ago, Paul, there's uh, sometimes, you know, you'll be able to see things that the vets are doing with the animals. Um, so it's it's in, it's in theme with the original park concept, you know, but it's about conservation, it's about caring for animals, it's quite educational, um, and it's nice enough, but it doesn't get a lot of traffic, I don't think. It's, you know, it's kind of stuck out, on, out of the way, really. Quite deliberately, I think that is, because obviously, um, you know, if they've got sick animals or whatever, they don't want it to be too close to the main theme park attractions, so it is a little bit remote, but... Um, I wasn't surprised when I heard it was closing, because, uh, like I say, it doesn't get a lot of traffic. But, hey, that's interesting if we're going to keep it open. God, I mean, who goes to a theme park to be educated, Hall of Presidents? Um, I mean, you know what? That's actually, that's shame on me, because I like that kind of thing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a bit disappointed that I, I've not seen it on my previous trips. Um, so in a way, maybe I'm glad it is just having a big refurb. Um, maybe they'll make it more prominent. You know, maybe that maybe the mm-hmm. aim is to make it more interesting. Um, yeah. If it's if it's not a particularly busy area of the park. Um, I still personally think, because, you know, we talked about this, P-Dubs, didn't we, when we was at um, Disneyland Paris about, because yeah. we, we, that story, the first uh, version of that story broke while we was over there. And yeah. uh, we were talking, or you, you talked about the fact that, you know, it's got to be Zootopia or Zootropolis yeah. that's going to be uh, taken over by. And it still makes sense to me that they would do something with that uh, film because it was popular. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm still shocked we haven't seen a spin-off series yeah. of that. That That's one of those films which you think, yeah, I'd like to see the further adventures of them too. You know? Yeah. Um, so I still think that they, they might do something with that in time, and I think if that's the case, it will probably be um, Dino Land USA. That's got to be the bit that goes, isn't it? Well, the rumour at the moment still going around is that's going to be Indiana Jones. Mm. Mm. Indiana Jones and the Crystal Meth. <laughs> Could be. Could be that. that uh, is that a world exclusive of the new Primeval. film? I was just thinking the primeval world, you know what I mean? That would <laughs> that might be, you could, it could be re-themed. Hopefully yeah. you should just be bulldozed. <laughs> Done. Apart from the dinosaur ride, which is good. Oh, yeah. That's the light dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. Although they it... have dumped it down quite a lot compared to what it used to be. It used to scare the pants off a lot of kids, which was always a lot of fun. But, Especially I mean, when you looked at the ride photographs but, afterwards. But surely um, that, you know, if they really wanted to rethink Indiana Jones, I mean, it's essentially Indiana Jones' adventure, isn't it? It's yeah. the same ride system, yeah. Yeah. So they probably could re-theme that ride quite easily and I my problem with Dinosaur and I never went on on it when it first opened when it was supposed to be tied into that film but it's just so dark in there in the pre-show area yeah well I I guess and I guess in the actual ride itself although they did a refurb a couple of years ago um and they have I would say they've improved the lighting but they still didn't bring back some of the original effects, so it is, it is still a bit tame compared to what it was originally. Yeah. Yeah, I just found it like a weird kind of, almost like a, a grotto or something, where, you know, darkness, darkness, dinosaur, darkness, dino, darkness, big dinosaur, mm. darkness, moving dinosaur. It just seemed a bit odd. I, I heard a lot of good things about it. I was disappointed. When I wanted mm. it, I, I thought the, the the ride vehicle was quite interesting, but I just thought the yeah. the actual experience was like a little bit damp. Um, yeah, it does need an upgrade now. I think you know the technology hasn't moved on, and it's uh, it's going to get quite dated soon. I think if they don't do something with it, but it could easily be refurbed. Or or yeah, I mean if it was rethemed to Indiana Jones, that's great. It just seems. It just seems odd that they would retheme Dinosaur to a ride that's been around for a long time. You know, spend all that money. Unless they made it, you know, like 
Indiana Jones 2.0 or something like that. Yeah, well, the rumour was that it'd have a different storyline and it would stick yeah. with the dinosaur theme. All right, okay. Basically, he'd be going after some kind of dinosaur skeleton or something. Right. Rather than the story that they've got in California. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Indiana Jones and the Crystal Time Rover. Indiana Jones is such an odd franchise because it feels so old now. Like, I, I forget that 10 years ago we got a new Indiana Jones film. Yeah. I mean, I mean, for a lot of reasons because it was, it was awful and it didn't hold a candle to the first three. Although, of course, it did give us one of our favourite reoccurring segments in this show. Jonesy! Ah, oh, Jonesy, I'm a good guy. Ah, oh, bad guy now, Jonesy. What are the latest thoughts? Um, you know, so we'll always have Ray Winston. Um, but I mean, the film is, is, is just not particularly good. And I would, I think Indiana Jones is such an interesting character. And those first, um, few films were so good. I think they really could do a lot with it. I thought yeah. the Indiana Jones, what was it called? The Young Indiana Jones Chronicles? Chronicles, yeah. yeah. I thought that was boring. I'll be honest. I thought it was a pretty lame show. Um, but, That's because George Lucas wrote all of it. Yeah, that does not surprise me. Um, a lot of episodes, just nothing seemed to happen. Um, but, but the idea of Indiana Jones is, is bloody brilliant. And I think you could really make a good TV series around Indiana Jones. And he's kind of like wild adventures. Yeah. Um, but I think they need to do something with it. I'm, I mean, I know they've announced this film, um, which keeps getting pushed back, and Harrison Ford keeps getting older. If I was Lucasfilm, I would just reboot the whole franchise. Get yeah. someone young in, get them signed up, 10-year contract, Marvel style. Um, and and just just start it afresh. Yeah, yeah, you could, couldn't you? Or, I mean, or actually, you don't, even, you don't even have to do it in Jenna Jones. You could you could call it something. You know, it could be his son. I don't mean Mutt. Oh God, don't don't <laughs> encourage that. Oh, but Sorry. no, but you know, they could they could have it as it's like a relative of his or something, and call it something else, Jones. Can we have the Henry Jones Senior Chronicles? I think Sean Connery's a bit yeah, so old. We know well. that ain't so. <laughs> True, um, but do you know what I mean? Like, I think that would make more sense, and I think that would be a good way of doing it. And you also, you I mean... could make it slightly more modern as well. Like, not you know, I don't want, I don't really want a modern day Indiana Jones, but you know, an Indiana Jones of like the seventies. You know, flash. Yeah. You know, long hair, mullet. Yeah. Yeah. That could work. Indiana Jones and the Mullet of Doom. Yeah. Indiana yeah. Jones PI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, I mean, that's who would have been Indiana Jones had it not been for Magnum PI. Tom yeah. Selleck. Yeah. yeah. And then they became Chippendale Rescue Rangers. And they did. Well, he, didn't he, Tom Selly, didn't he end up doing a kind of Indiana Jones rip-off? Oh, God, movie? what was it? Was it High Road to China or something like that? He did. He uh, did do a film like did. it, yeah. Yeah, he definitely did a, a sort of mugged-off one. Then there was a TV series, which was a bit of a mugged-off one as well, which was uh, Tales of the Golden Monkey. Do you remember that? 
I I I remember seeing it. Yeah, but that I never a... watched it. But yeah, yeah, that like, was a kind know. of copy clone. Yeah, thing. But you know what? Like, let's make it uh, Miranda Jones, and it could be his like niece. Like, do a Ghostbuster, do a gender swap on it. Absolutely. Yeah. Nah. Let's nah, let's let's, let's do it. No, let's not. I'll I'll fight the corner of that Ghostbusters film to my dying day. It's not as bad as everyone makes it out to be. Um, Mr. D. Yeah. Before we came on, okay, uh, there was something that you were discussing. I don't know if this is something that's close to your heart. Right. Yes. So if if it's what what I was thinking or what we were talking about, we kind of touched on it really because obviously uh, we talked about. Uh, Rafiki's Planet Watch closing maybe permanently sounds like it's not now but there's a, there's a couple other things that are going away and one of them is a, is a biggie that we haven't talked about since it was announced a couple of weeks ago. There's a few smaller things so the, the Star-Lord and Groot character experience, that's that's going away, or that's gone now actually I think that finished at the end of uh, September and uh, let's see, the Captain Jack Sparrow's Pirate Tutorial in the Magic Kingdom, that's just closed as well. Um, and then uh, Mickey's Backyard Barbecue, which I've never been to. I don't know if any of you guys have ever been there. No, so, no. Pretty popular spot, I think, if you're if you're across at Fort Wilderness Campgrounds. So that one's kind of interesting because the rumour, because it is a popular eating place, so it's not like it it isn't getting a bit of traffic, but the rumour around that one is that um, space is being made for some kind of hotel development. So, you didn't hear it here first necessarily, but you heard it here at some point. Um, We talked about the Move It, Shake It, Dance It, Play It uh, parade, which is going to change, but then Last but by no means least is Illuminations Reflections of Earth, which is going to close forever, summer 2019. Obviously to be replaced by something else, but this has been such a staple of going to Epcot and such an experience for anybody who's been to Epcot that there's going to be a few tears shed when they finally... Uh, close that one down. I think. I know I've. Uh, I know I've certainly got some fond memories of eliminations. How about you guys? We never seen it. We we what, eliminations. No, never. I've only seen bits of it. I've never watched it there, and oh. I've only seen bits of it on on internet. On internet. No, it doesn't come. Doesn't compare to the real experience. So. Are you no. going to get... No, you're not going to get a chance, are you? No. Oh, dear. We there did um, We did talk about it um, yeah. when we was away. Um, mm. Again, another thing that we talked about. And, uh, yeah, it's... It's a funny one. Mm. Because I... Um, I mean, I, I have seen it. I think the problem is, when I went to see it, I'd heard everyone talk about how special it was and how it was Disney's greatest nighttime spectacular um, but I much preferred Wishes 
Yeah, it's a different kind of experience. That's, mm. Well, that's one of the things I like about it because each of the nighttime shows were completely different. So, and you know, that was when there was Wishes and then you had Fantasmic and then Illuminations. Now, obviously, you've got Rivers of Light and you've got the Star Wars fireworks. So there's a, there's a few other pieces being added, but each one was so different. And, and so if anybody was traveling to for Orlando for the first time, I would always tell them, you know, see each each of the three. Don't think that because you're seeing one and it's got fireworks in it, that that's the same experience as, as the others. Um, but it is such a great show, and the music is fantastic. Of course, that song, We Go On, I've got that on my iPod, you know, play it regularly. It's an amazing song, and it's just a great experience, I think. However, you know, we said that about Wishes, and... The, the show that replaced Wishes is also fantastic. So I've got complete confidence in Disney that they'll produce something equally amazing, but I'll still miss Illuminations when it goes, I believe, and I won't get to see it because it's going to close down before we get there next autumn, mm. sadly. Do you think that... Because, I mean, it's a big area, isn't it? It's on a big lake. Mm-hmm. Do you think they might bring back the drones? Don't know. There was there was trials and tests and various things done, wasn't there? Mm. But um, it's all gone a bit quiet on that front, hasn't it? I mean, I haven't heard anything lately. No, I haven't, and that's what makes you wonder about it. Um, yeah, because I think I mean I, I'm surprised Disney is still so hell bent on fireworks. Like I love mm-hmm. fireworks. Don't get me wrong. I, you know they, they're mm-hmm. very impressive. They look spectacular, but yeah. not the most environmental thing. Very expensive. Um, you know, you would think that you know for a company that's trying to go green mm-hmm. um, as much as they are, that they might look at alternatives. Um, and that yeah. drone thing they did for Christmas. Couple mm-hmm. of years back, well, it was quite it was quite spectacular, and mm-hmm. you could see that it was, you know, it, it could be better, and there's probably more things they could do. But that comes with, you know, a new technology. You you see what you yeah. can do with it, and you know, and all mm-hmm. that. Um, I, I just, I, I think if you're gonna take something away that's that iconic and means that yeah. much, so many people have said, like, I know I'm in the minority um, with not being mad about it like a lot of people are like it's, it's really upset um a lot of people you know already with this announcement um mm. and in fact i wonder if it might stay a little bit longer i wonder if they might do like in a, a main street electrical parade type thing where they announce it's closing and then kind of extend it a little bit more to make sure everyone can see it one last time i'm thinking about that mm. for you. <laughs> problem they've got though is that they need the new show ready for the 20 uh, for the 50th yeah yeah, but that's not till it, the following year, is it? Yeah, yeah, but if anybody's listened to the latest Disney Dish, um, it's going to take a lot of work mm. to put the new show in. Yeah, and it kind of depends what that new show is. But you're, you're right. You know, from a, I wouldn't be surprised to find that it's more laser light could be drones, but but more other effects, less fireworks because. 365 days a year that show is going on so it's a huge amount of fireworks but then if anybody so I guess you guys have never seen the holiday tag that they put on 
Illuminations. No. It is like World War Four when it goes off at the end. I mean, it is just an unbelievable amount of fireworks. You know, I think if you took the whole of the armory of the British the British Army, it wouldn't it wouldn't compare to what they let off in one night. It's just <laughs> unbelievable. Um so so yeah, I think you're right, Nick. I, I would imagine that that would be one of the you know, the sort of design inputs that you know, how can we make this thing more environmentally friendly because as well as the fireworks you've got that huge globe that at the end burns off um like an oil fields worth of of fossil you know fossil fuels um so yeah you could you could see them doing something a bit different there um probably more in line with some of the new theming um because obviously epcot is, is changing its character isn't it it has changed its character over time mm. Whereas, I mean, World Showcase, I guess, is still is still about you know the different cultures and countries coming together. But that whole Illumination show is really built around that, around sort of mankind coming together. If you if you look at the pictures on the globe and listen to the to the words of the song, but uh, be interesting to see how they retheme that or how they rework it. Mm. They've got it's it's a tall order. I mean, we were sat here you know, almost two years ago, saying the same thing about Wishes. Mm-hmm. Um, very popular show. We was all sad to see it go. Um, I've still not seen, obviously, Happily Ever After in person since they've launched that. Um, I've seen the videos and I've seen Disney Dreams, which is, you know, heavily, you know, they, they borrowed heavily from that production. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, it, you know, it's a spectacular show. And... It is a good replacement, but when you take away something that's that beloved by people, you have to really nail a replacement. Mm. So they do have a tall task ahead of them. Like you say, you're, you're ripping out something that um, has been a long time and is really beloved. So whatever you replace it with has got to be top notch. Yeah, and it's it's kind of what you said earlier about the raids and the really popular raids being uh you know non ip raids being being something that disney has imagined and developed well that that's what illuminations is and and i think that's why it's going to be so popular it is you, you can just rock up and have a look at the fireworks and go oh wow that was great but but if you get there early and you take in the atmosphere of all the lights going down and the torches coming on and then the music starts and even the voiceover, the guys, you know, the intro to is kind of, um, I don't know, it sort of gets you and then, and then the music starts. It is a very emotional show and it's whether they can, you know, what they produce, is it going to be spectacular? I'm sure it will be. Is it going to have that kind of emotional hook? Um, that the current illuminations has got that's that's for me that's going to be the big question if it doesn't have that then you know the new show is going to be uh a poor substitute and it's probably going to get slated mm. but i've got i've got confidence in disney and i think they know that this this is a this is something they've got to get right so i would i'd certainly hope they test out and you know make sure they're on a winner before they uh before they commit to it yeah yeah. yeah, I'm sure they will. I mean, they've got a good track record over there of, of doing just that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Disneyland, Paris, 
the first misstep they've had actually is with <laughs> a title being used there for their illuminations, um, being a poor replacement for the dreams uh, fireworks they had before. But mm-hmm. I think Disney World generally have been quite good at when they replace something, at, at making sure the replacement is is top notch. Um, I'd be disappointed if it turned into like a world of color type thing. Yeah. You know, I think it's just been a bit done to death now. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't think, I hope we're not going to see a water projection show. Yeah. Um, you know, there's just too many examples of it both there and elsewhere for it to be something to really leave an impression on people. I think they need to do something new. I mean, when illuminations first started, there was nothing like it. Mm-hmm. Was there? It was. It was like entirely unique, um, compared to what everyone else was doing. So I think they need to. Yeah. Whatever it's going to be replacing it with has to be spectacular, and I think has to be something that people haven't seen before, or at least if it mm-hmm. is, you know, a, a, an exciting variation on it. Yeah. For for yeah. it to work, so interesting. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely going to um, be emotional for people next summer, I think, yeah. if they don't extend it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I can see a lot of people making a pilgrimage there to see it one one last time. Yeah. And then our tried and true uh, fashion will be doing a commentary on it before it goes away, I'm sure, like we did with... Uh, Wishes. Um, wishes. Wishes. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, maybe that's what we should do. We should do uh, a commentary on the last show or, or something like that. And yeah. look back on Illuminations. They'll probably do the same thing. Yeah. I bet they'll feel they'll feel it like they did for Wishes, especially because it yeah. was, uh, as I say, it's been there for so long. Because I mean, what was it? Late nineties it started. Yeah, it's almost twenty years. Yeah. Yeah. It's been gone. Ninety-seven, ninety-eight, something like that. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'd be shocked if we don't see a, a live broadcast and t-shirts. Yeah, you know they love a, they love a limited edition t-shirt and a yeah, cupcake it... probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think a, a chocolate bomb would probably be more appropriate. But I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, P-dubs. Was there anything else from you? I've obviously, I've obviously picked the wrong time to to throw it back over to P Dubs. I think he's <laughs> yeah. I think he's disappeared like Paul Boniface in that toilet all those Christmases ago. Yeah, um, I think so. <laughs> um, Mr. D, was there anything more you had that you wanted to? Uh... Oh, he's back again. He's back. I mean, the only the only other thing I had was just um, there were some recent aerial photographs of Galaxy's Edge. We've talked quite a bit about Galaxy's Edge, but. Um, just the recent aerial photographs show a couple of things for me. Just a, just the scale of it. It looks huge. Um, and then b, just how much it is it is coming on now. You can really start to see um pieces and parts of things that are almost becoming recognisable. There's one bit that looks like it's part of a ship. Um. The rest of it is kind of hard to tell at this point, but certainly, you know, the outlines of the buildings, the rock work, all of that is um, is starting to uh, to develop. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely um, looking good. Is there um, 
can you see much of the hotel yet? Uh, I mean, maybe I, the photographs I looked at didn't have any kind of notations on them or anything like that, so it was kind of hard to tell. Um, and I wasn't specifically looking for that, but uh, there are some definite structures there. Mm. So we think the hotel is going to be towards the boundary of the property. Is that right? Looking into looking into the um, the land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. I think that's where it's supposed to be. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, I just I just wanted because. I, I don't think that's expected to open at the same time. I think that's supposed no. to come a bit later. So yeah, I'm not surprised if, if there's nothing that, you know, immediately stands out as, as looking like that. And also as well, it's not going to look like a hotel, is it? I suppose it's going to, it's going to be themed. Yeah. So yeah, it, it probably would be hard to, uh, to notice that. I know, um, I haven't got the, uh, the mess in front of me, but I know one of our, um, listeners, uh, said that he hasn't noticed he hadn't noticed any um work really going on over at the Guardians of the Galaxy attraction at Epcot talking about construction mm. and I, I do really worry I'm not worry but wonder about the future of that attraction uh, mm-hmm. and again me and Pilos are talking about it and the fact that they were supposed to be filming the ride footage during the making of Guardians 3 which right. is now delayed. All right. So, you know, that makes me wonder now what they're going to do. And we were talking about, well, if Guardians doesn't happen, you know, it, mm-hmm. if, I mean, at the moment it's still happening, it's just been delayed and it's not yeah. got a new release date. But if it's mm-hmm. delayed, will they replace that with another Marvel attraction? Yeah. The, the one side of things is now that they are. They are doing reshoots for, for Avengers 4. So there's a chance that they could get the stuff done now. Right. Because they'll have everyone together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there That's... is that plus point if the, the film is delayed by a, a rather sizable chunk. I know uh, Sean Gunn said last week that they're still going to use James Gunn's script. For Guardians Three, yeah. but yeah. I don't know how reliable he is on that. If I'm honest, mm. I know you know hey. he's he's in the film, or he was in yeah. you know first two films, but um, you know I don't know if that's officially confirmed by Disney and, and he's been told that, or if that's just what he believes. Um, but yeah, you have to wonder what the future is of that franchise right now. And P Dub suggested Black Panther as a replacement, yeah. mm-hmm. which makes yeah, sense. Not been, it's not been used at Universal. No, it could quite easily fit into the theme of Epcot with the, the technology stuff. So it's not a um, far-reaching guess if there was problems. So it'll be yeah. I don't think we can say anything more on that because we don't know. But mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what the future is over there for that. Definitely. Yeah. Um, P. was there anything uh, more you you had to bring to the table? Well, 
exciting news for for Californians. Earl of Sandwich has reopened today. Ooh. As we're as we're recording, now, has it's it, reopened. I heard it got delayed. No, so, it's it's opened. Um, did, it was delayed. It was meant to be delayed until Thursday, but no, they've opened today. Fair enough. Um, we visited Earl of Sandwich. We did. Can you remember how many brownies I bought? Um, six. Six brownies. My wife told my wife told me not to come back um, home if I wasn't going to bring back brownies from from Earl of Sandwich. I assumed that meant bring back sufficient amounts of brownies. What that actually meant was just bring us back a couple of brownies. <laughs> so they have all gone. Um, I ate slightly more than I was expecting to. But, you know, waste not, want not, you know? Mm. Did lead to a rather unfortunate incident, though, where um, I said to my daughter, we, uh, she'd heard the conversation. So when I came back and said, oh, I bought some brownies back, she, she said, oh, can I have one? I said, yeah, of course. And they're quite big, so I gave her, like, a portion of a brownie. Uh, after dinner one night and I saved the rest for her but then she didn't talk about it for like the next two days and I thought right these are starting to you know not be as as good not be as fresh as they were when they first come home so I thought waste not one not better eat it two days after that daddy we're a little bit hungry um can I have the rest of that brownie I had to break the news to her that the brownie was no good anymore and she got very upset. Means you have to go back. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just said, like, I'll, I'll, we'll just make you some brownies. Because, I mean, they're good brownies, but, you know, they're brownies. You can buy a half-decent brownie from somewhere. It's, it's not that far off. So, I did buy some Ghirardelli brownie mix. And I think this weekend we'll make some brownies at home. I don't know if you know that. Do you, do you know that? You can buy, you can't buy Ghirardelli chocolate over here very easily, but if you go to Costco, you can buy Ghirardelli brownie chocolate mix. Mm-hmm. They'll make your own Ghirardelli brownies. I didn't know that. Yeah. And they are, they are good. Yeah. They are really good. So, yeah. Well, if you, if you've got your splits filled, that's, that's the best is out there. There's Ghirardelli's brownie. Sunday or ice, with ice cream, it's amazing. That, I Comes love. Warm. I love going to the Geary Deli shop and sitting in and having a Sunday. Yeah, they're all so good. Yeah, and there's nothing more fun than going through the shop wearing five different hats to get a free sample each time you go through, <laughs> and walking like backwards, hood up, hood down. Yep, <laughs> these are all good experiences. It seems to be when when friends go now, all I get is caramel, salted caramel yeah. flavour Ghirardelli. I'm like, where's yeah. the peppermint? So <laughs> many good flavours of Ghirardelli. Give me more. I don't just want salted caramel. Hmm. That's like so 2010. <laughs> oh, Ghirardelli. Well, that's good. That's good news for Californians anyway that the Earl of Sandwich is back open. Now we need yeah. for them to actually open properly in the UK. Yeah. Successfully this time. Yeah. Yeah, we're lucky. Um, Meatball sub. 
Well, not for me. Yeah. In well. fact, that was the, that was the only disappointment. Is that, well, actually, was that, was that the first time you'd had hot food in Nepal? In at a sandwich? Yeah. No, I normally have the ribs. Oh, you get the ribs, didn't you? You know, we have ribs. Yeah. yeah. We had mac and cheese. Yeah. In there when we was there, that was a healthy dinner on a Saturday night. It was pretty yeah. good. I, I had a can of des- some desperado in there by the can. <laughs> Won't get that in California. No. Mm. Get a few Drew Desperados, though. Well, there is that. Um, was there any more news that uh, you, you had, or, or is that it? No, that was it for me. Yeah, exhausted it. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been a funny few weeks. There's, there has been bits and pieces, but nothing nothing earth shattering. No, Illuminati is probably a big one. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going on with Halloween, and you know, I think the big news is is some of these big attractions that are yet to open. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure I'll be more as uh, as the year goes on, and and what will normally happen is we'll put this episode out, and then within about an hour, there'll be a like, billion dollar expansion, new gate, as of Disney World. Themed around bolts <laughs> because meet the meet the Robinsons. Yeah, hey, I met Boulder Hat Guy. That's what I took away from my race weekend. I met Boulder Hat Guy. My daughter <laughs> had no idea who he was, and I realised that I need to educate him all with those slightly more obscure Disney films from the mid nineties. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, meet the Robinsons land. Why not? Um, maybe they can make Treasure Planet into a planet. I still haven't seen that one yet. Nah, no I've one, got no it, and I've never watched it. No one has. Peter's yeah, probably watched it, actually. It's one of ours, isn't it? Is it? I thought Amanda said she yeah, liked she, it. She might well have done. Yeah, she likes to watch it. She likes to turn to doesn't she? So, yeah. You know, turn out for what it's worth. Um, right, in that case, um, we'll, we'll leave this episode here but thank you very much for joining me Pauls and thank you very much uh, dear listener for downloading, streaming, whatever um, however you choose to consume your podcast Um, just before you go if uh, you'd be so kind um, we'd love um, to have some more reviews on iTunes Uh, we had had some this month so thank you very much for those, it's it's very much appreciated Positive ones as well, which is even better uh, than what you normally get from the Millwall Bushwhacker. But um, any reviews are welcome. So if you wouldn't be, uh, you know, if you could take a little bit of your time to just give us uh, a, a short review on iTunes and some stars, we much appreciated. So thank you in advance. Um, Universal After Dark is coming this week. Amanda has been doing some recording in the parks. So um, just waiting for that to make its way over and that we put out as a new podcast. Um, me and P-Dubs have just released uh, two new episodes of Discover DLP about Run Disney Weekend, and we're planning yep. our Halloween episode Yep, as well. And we also have our first vlog yes. on the, the After Dark Podcast Network YouTube channel. Yep, there mm. you go. My, my morning in uh, the Walt Disney Studios. Morning after Run Disney. 
the knackered nice. morning. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't there to witness it, but I but you can on vlog form. It's like you're actually there. That's yeah. the beauty <laughs> of it. Um so yeah, so if you want even more content, go there. And uh, we will see you for another Diz After Dark probably next week. Ali Blue. I'm Mary Poppins, yo. Hello there, dear listener. Now, have you ever listened to a podcast and thought, I'd really like to support those guys, but I just don't know how to do it? (laughs) Well, then you're in luck. There are now two ways for you to be able to support us. The first is by going to our Spreadshirt page at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash After Dark Network. Here you can pick up t-shirts for all of the podcasts that we do. The other way is by visiting us at patreon.com forward slash disafterdark. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash disafterdark. Any money raised by buying some merchandise or pledging your support on Patreon means that we can keep producing more content for the After Dark Network. On behalf of the other After Dark Podcast Network hosts, we thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it and thank you for your continued support. Podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast.